This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by CastBox. CastBox is my platform of choice when it comes to listening to podcasts, and it has been for over the past three years. I've been listening to podcasts exclusively on CastBox. I find it to be the most aesthetically pleasing and the most organized podcast app. And it seems a lot of other people do as well with over 85,000 reviews on the App Store and an average rating of 4.8. You can download CastBox on iOS as well as Android. And when you do, go ahead and subscribe to the show there. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Building Freedom. This is Jordan Paris. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. I do have a new website at jordanparis.com. It is live now if you care to check that out. Cool little platform to uh, house the podcast. And there's a little search bar once you click the podcast page where you can search by episode, all 200 plus episodes. So my guest today is, again, of course, someone that I have wanted to have on for quite a while. His name is Nico de Bruin. How do you spell that? Well, Nico, everyone knows how to spell Nico, and then a space, D-E, and then space, B-R-U-Y-N. You can find him on LinkedIn. He does post regularly there. That is where he is most active. And he is the co-founder and CEO of Boundless Media. In short, they're a lead generation agency. They do great work. And he's scaled to upwards of $40,000 per month. And because of that and so many other things, including his character, just one of many reasons why I really admire him and wanted to share his story here with you today. His company's website is getboundlessmedia.com, by the way. So yeah, why waste any time? Without further ado, here is my conversation with my good friend, Nico De Bruin. Enjoy. Nico, I've been excited to have you on the podcast and just have a, a long form conversation with you like this. Not that we don't have long form conversations, but just really uh, digging deep in a way that we don't dig deep in a regular conversation off the record. I don't go back and get your full <laughs> story uh, like I'm going to do here today. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, I think and just for anyone's context, right? Jordan and I have known each other for three years, four years almost. I think it was probably four. Yeah, around four years. So we've had many conversations about many different topics. So yeah. excited to see where today goes. Yeah. And I've I've leaned on you, man, many times over the years, a lot of times. And I, I feel bad. Uh, I have verbalized this to my girlfriend that it seems like I always call Nico in times of trouble, <laughs> which is like, you know, you can take that as a good thing, Nico, but you can also like, like that that can get annoying. Like if I'm only calling you in those times of trouble. So I'm trying to get better about that. <laughs> I, as you know, was just in a rough and as listeners know, was just in a rough place for like a good two year stretch. So I appreciate you really helping me out. You were one of the people I leaned on pretty heavily when I needed some clarity. Yeah. And honestly, what I would say to that is don't overthink it, <laughs> right? Just when I go into any relationship, I am thinking about the next 20, 40, 60, 80 years. So wow. for you specifically, if that's the feeling that you're having, it makes sense to say, oh my goodness, am I bugging these people? But I've always believed that every relationship should be viewed in a longer form format 
as well as I am very, very clear that I have done the same thing with individuals in major competitors. You know, when you and I were talking about Legion for a little bit there, I, yeah. I told you, like I have borrowed and uh, copied a lot of what my competitors have done and now I'm really good friends with them, but it did start with, listen, here's a problem. I need to get this solved. And people have always been gracious enough to help. So why would I start and yeah. stop that flow of energy for anyone, right? Yeah. And we were competitors for a period of a few months when I dove into Lee Gen and I even I even stole a client from you. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even say stole, like I, I failed and <laughs> you didn't with that client. So it, it yes, hundred percent we were we're competitors uh, on paper, but you did better for them than, than I did. So was it really stealing? I don't think so. Right. Did you you're just like Mr. Cool, like Mr. Chill, like just if, the ni- if you one of the nicest guys <laughs> out there. And, you know, talking with them to the client, you know, obviously they feel the same way. Like everyone that just talks with you, they just, and that's part of what I admire about you, just your character, uh, along with the business acumen, if you will, if you want to use that term. <laughs> I don't really use that term often. Uh, when I think of business acumen, I think of like a, 55-year-old stuffy executive in an office. I don't know. It, I don't know if it really fits us, but I do admire your skill in business. And that's a large part of why I've been telling you over the last few months that I really do want to have this conversation with you. Cause I I know that you've pivoted many times. I know that it it wasn't always successful, as like every entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have found some success along the way and built a level of freedom for yourself that most, what are you 25, 24, 25. Whatever, 20, that most 25 year olds, they just don't have. So that's why you're here today, man. And, and I'm excited to, to talk with you. And I think where I would like to start, if this is appropriate, we can go in a different direction. If you wish, actually, if you think it's better to start in another place. But what's really interesting about you is that you were born in South Africa. I was. I was for a lot of people who know me very well. That's, I think, a huge differentiator uh, for who I am. But for anyone who's two levels away, most people don't think about that. So yes, I was uh, born in South Africa, uh, moved to neighboring Namibia for a couple of years, moved Mm. back to South Africa. And then at 12 years old, my parents did what I don't think I would have the guts to do. Frankly speaking, Jordan, like I, I don't think I would be able to do it. They got an opportunity to come to Houston, and I was lucky enough to to be brought with. But at uh, mid thirties, my parents dropped everything to move us here. Right, S- successful careers, family, you know, their culture to give us an opportunity. So yeah, at twelve years old, we we immigrated to the states. Yeah, wow, at twelve, I didn't realize. I I was thinking. I'm, look, people just looking at you, hearing you, they would never know. They would just assume that you've been in the United States your whole life. And that's actually what I assumed for a very long time. Uh, and I still forget that often. Like I was reminded of it when I was talking with your business partner, Larissa, who's just an amazing world-class integrator, by the way, really talented. I uh, really enjoyed my conversation with her, not on the podcast, off the record, but we're going to actually have her on the Talos on Taylor's podcast, Smooth Operators, the Ooh. SOP, the Smooth Operators Love podcast. It. Yeah, David and I are going to talk with her for sure. 
But in talking with her, and she mentioned in passing that you're from South Africa. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, But I didn't realize till 12 years old, that's one of the things I was going to ask you today. How long were you there? So what was it like growing up in those two places? Yeah. So, and just for anyone who isn't a history slash geography nerd, Namibia is, so South Africa is at the bottom and west, west, north, like a little bit northwest Namibia. It used to be the same country, but I I have very fond memories. It's very different when we move, moved to the States, right? It was a whole different beast altogether, but I've... Nothing but fond memories. I for sure was sheltered from mm. the political instability, the the frankly the the mindset. And now that I've had a chance to go back, it's it's a they protected me probably from the most to me, right? As an entrepreneur, as a business builder, as a marketer, as a, as a free thinker, they protected me from this mentality that I've come to understand of this is not our fault that everything happens to me. The, the mentality that life is just happening rather than you have a lot of control. So when we moved to the States and I started understanding what you can do in America, I mean, frankly, you and I couldn't do this in the Middle East. We couldn't uh, do yeah, this in Asia as easy as we could here. It's not easy by any means, right? <laughs> you and I have stayed up very late evenings talking about, about business and, and working, but it's a whole different mindset versus South Africa and here. I wouldn't be able to do what I do here in South Africa. Wow. No, I didn't realize that. And it, it's interesting, South Africa. It's like, it seems like such a beautiful place. Um, but it, I hear it's even like not safe. Yeah, it's probably comparable to to Mexico, right? There are areas you just don't touch, and discrimination between blacks and whites mm. is probably the most heated that I've ever seen. And what's the discrimination like there? That's very interesting. Yeah, it's blacks against whites, whites against blacks. It's yeah. you know the, the mentality that I shared earlier, where life happens to us, not for us, right? So. I've, I'm born white and I can't do X, Y, Z. I'm born black and I can't do X, Y, Z. And there's, I'm not talking about the massive Indian population that we have. The lot, you know, we have a lot of foreign nationals too. So I, I don't want to ever not bring those up, but it's, there's a divide, right? That's sides against sides. Where as here in the States, even though politically there are sides against sides, it's not as deep rooted or as crippling as I have seen it in South Africa, at least. But again, I, I, I'm i now on the outside, right? I haven't been in the country since 2017. That was my last time uh, visiting and maybe things have changed. I just pick up things here and there. To be honest, I don't really think about it too much. <laughs> I'm, I like to say, quote unquote, I'm boring. I care about very, very specific things. And I like I had an employee that was in the Ukraine. I cared about the Ukraine conflict for a week well, she got to Poland and then France and now back in the States. So wow. that's what I, I cared about. And then now it's out of my control. So what do I control? And yeah, so I, I know well, dude, high level, I'm, but yeah. I'm I'm boring nowadays too. I <laughs> That question that I asked you there, like I was just genuinely curious, but that's the closest you'll ever hear me to talking about politics nowadays. Like 
which obviously you know was not the case a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say this is a it's a big transition. Yeah. Dude, for the last year, I've been very boring in that sense, if you want to use that word. It's really, I would say, both of our jobs, my job and your job as entrepreneurs, to not care about politics. Um, because I think that it just kind of drags us down. And the more time we spend on that, you know, the less money we make, really, the, the lesser impact that we have, whatever measurable result you want to uh, attach to the end of that sentence. I just think it's our job not to really. So it's good to be born. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, which now uh, I, I'm starting to adopt the CEO mindset, which is very different from the founder's mindset. I have to, I have to take so much information in and make decisions with the yeah. information at hand. I don't really have a chance to just guess or, or you know, or like to have to have the time to research better to say that. Yeah. There's just not much room for politics. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, beyond what we can control. So, <laughs> exactly. So anyhow, you move here at 12 and then there's all these things in the next 10 to 12, 10 to 13 years that happen, like writing a book and then all the different iterations, I think four different main iterations of what your entrepreneurial journey has been. What led up to that? You know, so you come here, are, are there challenges? Uh, what kind of challenges? What what led up to, I guess, one of the first things, which was writing the book? Yeah. So when I came to the States, I have always been in the immigrant communities. And even in high school, there was a large, I grew up in Chandler, Arizona, and it's a suburb of Phoenix. And really well off, I definitely saw status and wealth as the ultimate goal as, a, as an immigrant. So the only, I have, a, I have an aunt in Denver very established surgeon, professor out there, makes a lot of money, uh, has a lot of impact. And I saw, okay, well, she comes from the same country I, I, I have come from. So healthcare, immigrants always go into healthcare. So went into college, uh, first kinesiology uh, degree. Uh, oh, wow. And yeah, and then human nutrition and dietetics, I actually like, graduated with that. But a man of health. <sighs> Yeah, you see why this beautiful physique. Um, it was, <laughs> listen, the goal was always simple. Uh, the goal was go and become a naturopathic doctor and open 200 clinics across the US. The goal is very simple, I see. Yeah, okay. it's only 200, right? Uh, and then I realized, well, as a doctor, you don't have the same business acumen as a business leader, right? So like you can treat patients, but like that doesn't help me with my goal of 200 clinics, right? I can't yeah, service the, all those. Those are two completely separate journeys. Climbing to the top of being a, a health practitioner, that yeah. mountain. And there's a whole separate mountain, which is running a business. Yeah. Um, and actually more than running a business, actually being really good at it, being a smooth operator, yeah, yeah, very, very different things that I, I don't know how it's, you can understand why doctors are not usually good and dentists and all those people are not usually the best business people. Yeah. Yeah. And very different journey. so I don't know how you can balance it. <laughs> exactly. And then I, uh, on my last trip to South Africa in 2017, I graduated in 2018, December of 2018. And frankly speaking, like I read Think and Grow Rich and I realized that, wow, that's not going to make me rich by any means, right? And I came back, I've always taken a lot of uh, classes, right? Uh, if you could take 16, 15, I always took 
1921. I knew I was going to graduate early. I didn't want student debt, right? I want to get that paid off as soon as possible. And I was about three-fourths of the way done with my dietetics degree. I went to my counselors and wanted to switch to business, and they said I would have to start all over again. <laughs> and I was like, that stinks. And I started talking about like, yeah, I, I was a, a convert of the Gary V world. I'm like, well, you can marketing, storytelling. That's kind of cool. So I started posting online and a professor at Georgetown reached out to me and said, hey, I'm starting this program where I'm helping college students write books to accelerate their career. Kind of like a third door. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Yes. But mentality. And I was like, well, sure. So I ended up spending like 3000 bucks, like all my, so I worked you know, besides taking like 1921 classes, starting clubs, and I always started clubs or uh, you know, I had one or two going at a time in college. Nice. Uh, I ha was working at Starbucks. I took all the money I, I made. Uh, basically wow. 60 Nico at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, Nico Barista. Nico. Wow. So, yeah, it's awesome. So I spent all three, I think I had like 4K. I spent 3K of that on the the book like as a cohort and you know, within four or five months, the book was out. We're all marketers. Looking back at it, it's there's some good stuff in it, but I would totally rewrite it uh, if I wasn't as busy as I am. Dude, uh, yeah, I, and that's part of what I wanted to talk with you about today because we're in an interesting but very small fraternity of people who wrote books at age 20, 21, yeah, <laughs> And I can think of, you know, Andre Heikal as well, yep. at, who's going to, I'm going to have a conversation with him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I saw the tweet. Who's in the same fraternity there as well, if you want to call it a fraternity, I kind of do. <laughs> I, I feel the exact same way, man. Like I would rewrite my whole thing and there's part like, there there's there's a hint of regret as well. Like I would, like, it's just a little weird, the order of operations like to go write a book about success and not have any of it and then <laughs> go on that journey. Uh, just a little little weird, the order of operations. And so interesting to hear you feel, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but similarly in a way and that you would rewrite a lot of it. I would rewrite a lot of it too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I, I had a goal. I was going to leverage the book to land a job in marketing. I was going to interview people to see what makes a successful marketer, use the book as leverage. And I, I did that, right? So I started working yeah. for for a biotech startup in, in yeah. Phoenix. And that company eventually got acquired. I stayed on for a year. I was gloriously fired in October 2020 on the side about two wow. weeks. Yeah. So yeah. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what what'd you get fired for? The company already had a marketing team. So they, we were acquired by a larger company that already had an established traditional marketing firm. And what I was trying to do at the startup was, in a sense, growth hacking, right? Like, how do I leverage emerging, like TikTok wasn't out, but I would have tried to get a biotech company trending on TikTok, right? That that, that was my, my viewpoint. And that's why I said I would rewrite a lot because I was chasing vanity metrics as success. So yeah, I got fired. And we already had Boundless. Boundless was on to its third. You, you mentioned four iterations. There's been so many. But <laughs> like we first started as a consultancy, right? Yeah. Then we moved into helping. What, what age was that? So this was 2019. So this is three years ago. So 21, 22. So what did you, what did you 
do? How did you get your first client? What did you actually like do for them? Yes. What, what did that it was, manifest it, itself as? After the book launched, then it was like, hey, listen, we need help with like social. And I was like, great. Because I've been posting on LinkedIn, started getting a decent following. And I actually got a client because they saw my LinkedIn content. So for like 300, 500 bucks, one time I did, I built like a branding guide, a social, but like it did so much work. And then uh-huh. we were like, well, this, this isn't scalable. Let's target corporate companies and let's build, let's help their sales teams leverage social media. Right. And we didn't know how to get clients, frankly speaking. And people kept seeing our content. So we moved into the third iteration of Boundless, which was uh, just social media content creation. And that's when, when you uh, I saw your text, I was like smiling because we still have some amazing clients from that. But this was in 2020. Then we moved to just social media content creation. And at our peak, we had like four clients, like 3,000 a month. COVID hit. Each? No, total. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah it was, we're doing a lot for a little. Yeah, that's, dude, part of the entrepreneur's journey, at least part of my journey as well, like undercharging yeah, in the beginning, not, not believing in the value. And something that I have in my head a lot is if you believe $35,000 isn't a lot of money, you're not going to have a problem charging it. Yeah. If you do, you're, you're really never going to swipe it for 35000 Oh, I'm just throwing out numbers out there. It's really a psychology of money sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was crazy that people were even paying us to do this, right? And, you know, my margins were 5%. I was like, this is awesome. Oh. I mean, well, like we outsourced everything, right? Like uh-huh. at a certain okay. point, like I still have a full-time job, right? It was working on strategy, but like I need someone to create the content. And after COVID hit, so I got fired in October of 2020. So COVID hit and lost most of our clients by april and i had an awesome mentor still and we were business partners in a different venture that they're actually buying me out of which is awesome i get to kind of put that check mark as an entrepreneur but i he was like listen you're gonna get fired i've seen this before like six months max you're gonna get fired because they already have a marketing team then there's gonna be a transition period but you're gonna get fired so start planning and i started dabbling in a lot of different consulting type free consulting gigs right let's let's paint an accurate picture and finally i actually hired jordan right uh ross who who you, you and i are very very close with as well and i was like hey we have a thousand bucks i give you like i'll lose money you know i'll give you like 500 bucks because uh, that's what we negotiated if you can help me like get my business to the next stage and then I'm going to get fired. And then literally like a week later, I got fired mm-hmm. uh, with the severance. That was nice. Three months severance. So I was like, listen, I'm going to give myself six months. If I can't make it in six months and trying my hardest and everything, then I'll go get a job. So, we, you know, working with Jordan was awesome because we went from a grand in October to about six grand in November, which is like a phew. month. Yeah, I'm per a, month. Yeah, dude, that's that, crazy. that enables now you're now you're making it as an entrepreneur. You're yeah. you're living. You're paying for your expenses. Like, oh that's no, awesome. we weren't. We weren't. Oh, okay. No, listen, <laughs> I, Larissa and I did not. Larissa was the first one to get paid. Oh, and that was in gotcha. December, right? But she actually quit her job like after after Thanksgiving. She was like, "Listen, I'm, I'm this is getting legs because we we're already getting more clients." And by November, we were at 10k. 
December, we went to like 12. January, we were at like 13. And then February, we went to 18. And then we had our peak and up until like fairly recently, uh, we got to like 25. And steadily, like then that's when the, then we were just LinkedIn automation, right? That's, we did that and content, but that was like where we, chilled out until about December of 2021, where we, or not December, September, where we started introducing email and where I really noticed an interesting spot in the marketing ecosystem where everyone was offering lead gen services. And I built a product, an Upwork product and scaled that product to 15K. So now we're doing like, like 40K. And let's talk about wins and losses. It was a awesome concept worked really well it just couldn't deliver at the scale the other part of the business was doing right generating leads through upwork yeah and we saw one client doing it and they crush it they get like a yeah. client like every two days it's crazy but yeah that's just, crazy man it wasn't wow. consistent and yeah that's where i felt that way in in my lead gen world yeah. as well like i could do it for myself i could book 30 appointments in 20 days like insane and close yeah. five deals and then just just amazing, you know, and then do that for grow lesser, way lesser number of appointments, but they're closing deals. And then like other clients just like completely failed. Yeah. Everyone and, else failed. And it's, it's, it's interesting because there's a reason why, which is why where we're at today as an organization and why we closed three clients last week. We closed two so far this week. Like we're, we're really exploding as a firm is because what we realized and what I realized specifically going through Alex Hermosi's kind of book and, and philosophy is like, it's really about the offer. Like 80, 80 to 90% of success on outbound is who you're reaching out to, right? The target and the offer that you're putting in front of them. That's why a lot of your, your, campaigns for yourself were so successful because you really believed and you framed your offer to really like be a sexy offer. Unfortunately for a lot of clients though, mm -hmm. we feel that they've been in business longer. They know their product better. So like they obviously, if they tell me to go target cosmetic surgery clinics, right? And that every single one of them needs SEO and PPC, then we're going to go say that. Because we have the same convention, con, uh, conviction, oh God, I can't even talk, conviction, there we go. Conviction. <laughs> That's a fun word. For them, right? Or if we feel the same like power from them, then we do, you know, when we were selling our stuff. It worked for us, so why not work for them? But what we had to realize was when we give them so much authority and power to a problem that they've tried to solve and it hasn't worked, we're just recreating the cycle that's not going to work. That's why when we were talking about Legion, I was like, listen, you have to realize, like, if you're going to be in the Legion game, that this is not, you're going to awful conversations. It's not going to work until you figure out how to make it work. This episode is sponsored by Riverside.fm. People always ask me, how do you get your podcast sounding so crisp and clean? Well, Riverside.fm is one of the best tools to get your podcast sounding super professional. It is the easiest way to record podcasts and videos in studio-grade quality from anywhere in the world, all from your browser. So it's super simple, too. 
and at the same time has super advanced features like recording both audio and video locally as opposed to over the internet. So the end result is that you and your guest sound like you're in the same room. So visit riverside.fm and use my code Jordan, capital J, to get 60 minutes free recording and 15% off a membership plan. The 15% discount is applicable to yearly plans or the first three months of monthly plans. Riverside.fm, code Jordan, to get your podcast sounding crisp, clean, and professional. We've got a very different kind of sponsor for this episode, and it's the Jordan Harbinger Show, which is a podcast you really should be listening to. And I know that every day someone tells you, you just have to listen to some podcasts, and you nod, and you say, sure, and then you never really listen to it. Don't let that happen here. Jordan Harbinger was actually a guest on this show. I talked to him when he was just starting out the Jordan Harbinger show. It went on to become a smash hit, like millions, millions, millions of downloads every single month. Apple named it one of its best podcasts in 2018. And two episodes that I listened to very early on that still to this day, four years later, still stick out to me. One of them is episode number 28, James Fallon, How to Spot a Psychopath. And then episode number one, Frank Abagnale, Scam Me If You Can. Frank Abagnale, if you recall, was the subject of the really great movie called Catch Me If You Can. Look, plain and simple, supporting my sponsors helps me make this show for you as best as possible. If you go and download Jordan's show after hearing this ad, he'll continue shoveling money in our direction. So show the Jordan Harbinger Show some love. Search for the Jordan Harbinger Show, that's H-A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen. Thank you for the support. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief, all this sort of stuff. And it's important to show up for yourself through all those challenges. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for those twists and turns and will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I just know it's not good to keep that stuff bottled up. And it's really good to talk to a therapist. I've done it before many times. But it's really not easy to find a good therapist, especially one that matches, that meets your needs. You got to call around all different offices. They're often not good at returning phone calls. And there's very little to no information on the therapist other than that, you know, they're licensed. So how do you know if they meet your needs? You don't. You just have to hope. BetterHelp solves this problem. Visit betterhelp.com slash Jordan Paris for a special offer. That's better. H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for us, that was now product uh, optimization, right? Actually going in and fixing their products, not changing their solutions, but fixing their products, okay? Doing hyper-custom outreach on LinkedIn email, no more mass market to a very targeted group of people. Then actually direct messaging and setting those appointments, qualifying them, right? And then now we're introducing actually closing the deals for clients so that we remove all problems. And if we fail, we fail because we weren't good. Our strategy wasn't on point, not because of outside metrics or our things that we just can't control. Yeah, that makes sense. 
makes a lot of sense. So going back, I want to piece this together for people. Please. When you were at, I think, 17000 a month, I remember hearing that you were at that mark, March, April, May of last year. Does that sound about right? No, we were at no. seventeen because we, we broke through like after May. We've never dropped under 20 uh, or March. We've never dropped under 20. Uh, after March. Okay. So it must have been. Okay. So at that February. point, yeah. March, April, May, when you're you're a little bit above 20, what were you doing at that point? We were just doing LinkedIn. LinkedIn automation. LinkedIn. Yeah. What does LinkedIn automation mean? Yeah. So basically, we would sign a client and onboard them to figure out who they want to go after and what they're selling. And we would set up LinkedIn automations to send out messages every single day to their target market and we do a ton of research on like what leads are in market which we really we've always been a premium shop after working with jordan right so uh, we've you know our competitors were charging uh, two three four five hundred and we were always charging like fifteen hundred so we really wanted a better product for that but yeah that's all we were doing and then really like march we start selling like we'll build this in-house for you. And we started charging a little bit more to do that, which kept us at about 25 to 35 a month up until yeah. September. Yeah. It's just, I love how you, you just figure it out. You know, <laughs> I, I had, I ran into the problems with lead gen and I just kind of quit. <laughs> I like, it didn't set me on fire, um, which is, cool that it does for you. At least it sounds like it does. So, I mean, you just figure it out, pivot whenever you need to. And, and that's something that I wanted to talk to you about. Like, what what is your philosophy on pivoting, when to pivot, when to maybe quit strategically, you could call it? Because not only for you, you know, you pivoted from all these different things, marketing, consulting, strategy, plus content, LinkedIn automation, outbound lead gen through both Upwork and then personalized email. But then Jordan Ross follows a similar sort of thing when it goes from life coach, meditation coach to systems expert for entrepreneurs. And then he makes it work. Andre Heikal, he pivoted from helping coaches turn their knowledge into a coaching program. And then he went to lead gen and he made it work. Like he only had one client in the the former before he pivoted. He got one client and then he made, he freaking did it. I've pivoted more than a few times myself and now I'm doing better than I ever have before. So I want to hear what you're, you've talked to me. You, I'll quote you. You say great entrepreneurs pivot. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So this is my first successful venture and I, I had a, a company before this, an app company that I launched with some, you know, I was a, a CMO for this app company and I knew nothing, right? And we, you know, being in the startup world, was that was my first introduction. And I've consulted with startups, I've always pivoted. And I I just know that if so, there are people who are a lot smarter than me that haven't figured it out, but there are people who are equally, if not, not as smart as me, that have made it work. And you know, to what you and I mentioned earlier, like I, it was working for us, even though like I, like I got subpar results from my clients in the beginning, like we were still generating a ton of leads. So I was like, like how, how can it work for me? 
right? And not work for them. Like, there's something missing. Because, listen, if it wasn't working for me, and you mentioned it earlier, like, it worked for you. Like, you got it. It clicked. I was like, well, if we just keep trying and trying and trying, we're just going, like, we're, we'll change targeting, messaging, we'll change strategy, we'll change where we get data, where we clean. Like, there's just one thing. If we change it at a time, we're going to find the unlock. So, plus also having coaches, right? Like, I've never not had a coach in business. And Jordan Ross was with us until June. Right. And then I got a coach, uh, Devin McPaul, to help us with my Upwork product. And now he's helping us really take the, this like kind of like sales, right? That sales solution that we have today and get that to the next level. So I've always had a coach. So it's never just been me. And then Larissa's always been there as well. Right. So like being, That's having, big. yeah, that I could not, I, I could not have done this without her. Yeah. 100%. That's why I was at a gas station. I have a speech about this. If anyone ever wants to hear it, but like I was at a gas station really close to my house. It was book had just launched. So this is early, this is mid, mid 20, 20, 2019. And I called her. I'm like, listen, you've been helping me, right? Sell the book and, and stuff. Do you want to be 50 50 partners? Because in my heart, I knew I couldn't do this. I knew I could talk yeah. to people. I know I knew I could like come up with ideas. I just didn't know how to break, bring it into reality. And you know, when people are asking about investments, that's the best investment that the company has ever gone, which is having a 50-50 partner and me as a entrepreneur and a human, frankly speaking, like um yeah. Yeah, man, I'm getting emotional just and she and she knows it. Like we we talk we talk almost every single day. Uh or we talk every single day. We probably FaceTime like seven or eight times a day. Um so wow. I've never been alone doing this. So even if I come up with a crazy idea, like it's it's not in a vacuum, if that makes sense. Yeah. This journey is so hard. Yeah. It will break ninety nine percent of people. If you go it alone, dude, it happened uh, Monday. And, uh, just for context, yeah, like it still yeah. happens. Like Monday, so we we made a lot of investments and we lost some money in, in February. Now, Grant and I didn't look at my pipeline; that would have reassured me. But we're gonna do like twenty k this month. Like, it's crazy. But like, I was like, oh no, the world's over. <laughs> Back to getting a job. And this was oh, today's man. Wednesday, and that was Monday, right? So like, <laughs> that's the life of an entrepreneur. Hey, there seriously, like. Man, it, it's so high and low sometimes. That's mm -hmm. part of it. And quickly, yeah. too, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, my lowest point as an entrepreneur was, I think, December 31st of 2021. So really only a few months ago. And literally a month later was was some of the best. You know, the yeah. like like back and and way better. Like probably the highest moment. And going back to just going it alone, part of this, this actually ties in part of the reason why it was my highest moment and still is months later as an entrepreneur is because I'm not going it alone anymore. For the first time on this journey, mm -hmm. I'm actually not alone. And I knew for this next venture that I wasn't going to be able to do it myself. I've messed it up by myself too many times to... Like I already know, like I know how it's going to go. I know my weaknesses 
and I know that I need a partner to help me. So that's why it just feels like magic working with David as my yeah. co-founder. And so it's just, it has changed the game. You're there for each other and it, as a human being and in business. And it's just not, nothing's in a vacuum anymore. You don't have to wonder to yourself about and, and have these insecure thoughts to yourself. Like it's just a game changer. So hard to go it alone game-changing when you do it together absolutely and andre's probably gonna say the same thing he was on a yeah on a spaces with him right and i was listening to him talking about his his two other co-founders i was like yeah it's just you can't do it by yourself so like if you don't want to give up equity which is fine get a coach and spend the money to do it like have someone in your corner that can help you navigate the ups and downs man like i talk to my yeah. coach every day like i call him every day and I'm like, this is what happened. This is how I'm feeling. Like I have this thing. Like I have to take melatonin on Sunday nights, right? Because <laughs> I still, about six months ago, I started stressing, and then I wouldn't sleep well, right? So I take melatonin. That's the only day I take it, right? And now I mentioned that, and now we're gonna start working on it. And it's like I would have just kept taking melatonin. It's fine. What's that? It's whatever. Just keep keep going. But having someone there to be like, no, like this is not normal. Like you don't have to take it every night. You have to take it on Sundays, like there's a root cause to it. But like, as the guy I am, I'm like, oh, I'll just power through. It's all good. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So Nico, this has been a great conversation. Again, with someone that I just, uh, I really enjoy spending time with. And I, I will mention, I'm very sad that we didn't get to meet in person that time that I was in Arizona a couple of years ago. Money's really not an issue for the both of us at this point. What's a $100, $150 flight to Arizona for me? We need to stop making excuses <laughs> and and meet in 2022. There's really no excuse. Well, that's the thing. I was so, talking, to, talking to David about this too. Like we should you know, a nice centralized spot for all of us is going to crash his, his place in in, uh, in, in Denver, in Denver yeah. right? This nice little in between for both of yeah. us. So we'll have to coordinate to, to do something. So interesting. yeah, I might. I'm probably going to be out there end of April, so we will have to uh, coordinate. I'll let you know about that. Yeah, please do. But man, a great conversation, and I just want to open it up to you. If there's anything that you haven't said, any more wisdom, one or two pieces that you could impart on people, anything, open the floor up to you right here. I'll give two, right? One will be more motivational and the other one will be more marketing tangible, right? Let's let's leave this in the high notes. I'm motivational, right? You will figure it out if you just stick with it long enough, right? That's something in healthcare, right? That I've learned. Like if you plateaued at any point in your health journey, right? And you do, you know, 20 minutes of running a day, like what would it look like if you did it, did 25? What would it look like if you did 27? What if instead of running on Fridays, you swim, right? What if you just eat a little bit different this or a little bit different that? Like make these subtle tweaks. Don't go crazy. Don't don't mess up your life, right? Don't take steroids right now, right? Like let's, let's figure out a way, small tweaks to get you there because you might see something or you might not. And that's fine. Either way, it doesn't really matter. You just have to keep going and you'll eventually figure it out. The second one is more marketing focused, like, Say no to more people. And this is something I've struggled with for a very long time. Like there, you're going to reach a point where I have to consider now, do I want to fire some clients that aren't performing as well? 
or do I want to hire another account manager to take on additional clients? Like that's a dilemma. And that's something that I have to figure out, right? And even find a sense where I'm leaning. So like saying no to more people enables you to do great work for a select few and really, really get great outcomes for for them, right? Rather than being like a subpar brand, uh, you can really get to, and you mentioned that company earlier, like that they've, they've done something really interesting with the niche, right? They've really grown tremendously fast by focusing on both the marketing and product. So really say no to more people. Yeah. Uh, just don't match your ICP. Yeah. It's, it's not always a fit, you know, it's not always the client's yeah. fault either. Um, it's just, it's just not a good fit and you can't work with anyone who's going to give you money. Maybe in the beginning, I think that there is a, a case for that, but certainly once you get past a certain point, that's gotta stop. Yeah. Well, Nico, you're the man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of Building Freedom. My only hope for this podcast, my aim is that this inspires you to build a freer, fuller life, one where you're not enslaved by a business, whether that be your business or any other business, whether you're a business owner or self-employed. The aim of this show is to help you build a freer, fuller life. And there are many ways to do that. And that's what we showcase on this show each week. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be well.